And we're going to talk to our friends, Stuart Dandel and uh, Wazi Warren Harold this morning. They're on the line on the Miller Time Hotline. It is the Weekly Squawk. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Stuart wasn't ready for that squawk. Yeah. I wasn't. No, no, he wasn't. Stuart, Stuart is, is, is an extremely happy camper this morning. He's going to tell you about it. Um, <laughs> it's not often. I, I must tell you, I've known the man for a few years, and um, he's always, you know, the, the epitome of optimism. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Stuart, let me just – I'm going to go straight into it. I, uh, you, you're, you are really concerned, as, as am I. Yeah. Um, tell, 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 us, tell us exactly – I mean, yeah, I know what it's about, so you go. You shoot from the hip. Sure. Um, well, good morning, everyone. Thanks morning. for thanks again for having me on this Monday morning. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm very much, I'm, for, those, for those that know me, I mean, Warren will attest to this, I'm very much a, a serial optimist. I mean, my glass is always half full, and I choose to focus on the positive, and I think there are a lot of positives. But over the weekend and over the last few days, I have been given sort of cause to pause and, and have a look at a couple of things. And the main reason, the main reason is this lockdown. So if you go back mm -hmm. when Cyril first announced the lockdown, I think it was sort of broadly and deeply supported by most South Africans. We, we realized or at least appreciated the severity of the situation mm -hmm. and appreciated the leader who was taking charge and we all followed him. Mm -hmm. And then 21, sort of two weeks had passed and he came back on and said, you know, we have to... Dear fellow we have to South another two weeks. Dear yeah, fellow South Africans, we have another two weeks. And I think even then, the majority of the population said, you know what, we can stand behind this man. Yep. Um, and then he came on and addressed the nation, and he had that, that malfunction with his mask. Um, and I think we laughed, he laughed, and I think he garnered a large amount of goodwill and trust. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people are behind him. Yep. But things that have happened over the last couple of days with this curfew and this only being ex allowed to exercise between six and nine and this, this about turn on the tobacco ban, yeah. I think that is indicative of some very, very concerning power shifts within the ANC. Mm -hmm. I think Cyril – I think we all had assumed, and, and maybe we maybe we had our, our sort of Cyril blinkers on, and I think we'd assumed that he, he was exercising a lot more power than he had been in the past. And I think that's still largely true. But the fact that the fact that these draconian laws have come in yeah. um, with no science, no science. In fact, the opposite, really. I mean, if you look at Cape Town, look look what happened from <laughs> six to nine on Friday morning. Yes, there were massive crowds. Everyone Surely out at we once. are supposed to be avoiding crowds. Right. So it just it 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 smacks of it smacks of a a desire to control as as opposed to a desire to contain. And when I say contain, contain the virus. Exactly. So I'm a little bit concerned about how – I'm a little bit concerned as to how and why those types of policies have been able to be enforced. Um, so, yeah. yeah this, this so, yeah, that's why I'm feeling a little down this morning. I'm, um, no, the yeah, I'm sort of quite... I think um, um, also, uh, Stuart, uh, if it's uh, investor sentiment, you know, we thought that Cyril was, you know, Captain, Captain Ramaphosa is in charge. And then all of a sudden, um, the the absurd, known as NDZ, um, comes in and makes you know makes these these additional sort of uh, um, rules. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. I got to tell you that that I, I I live in a community where there are many smokers, and um, they, they just the, the 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 black market must be making a killing. Yes. So what about? I mean, the smokers are going to smoke. What about the taxes and the sin taxes and the stores? And 
I just think it's it's yeah you know I understand it from a medical point of view. Um, Look, I think yeah, I think let's let's just, so just maybe just take a, a step back there. I think um, obviously there's been a lot of criticism levelled at um, Minister NDZ. Yes. Um, but I mean, what, what we do need to just realize is that she was merely the spokesperson on that particular issue. I mean, the, the, <laughs> this is true. The, you've, got the, you've got the MCT, which is the Ministerial Command Team, and yeah. apparently they had taken a vote and they had, you know, that's why Tito, I mean, he said he's quite happy for tobacco sales and alcohol sales to carry on, but he was outvoted. Um, then he will have to toe the line. So there is, there isn't that, and that's why I say the shifts are uncomfortable, or at least yeah. it's indicative of a power shift because it wasn't just Cyril saying I'm going to allow tobacco. There is a ministerial mm. command team that makes these decisions. NDZ's yes. sin was to stand up there and be the spokesperson for that particular decision, but she didn't sound yes. too unhappy about it either. I mean, yeah. she did sound. It did. It did make her sound like she was making that decision and she was just going to impose it. And so yes. I think that. That I think got a lot of people's backs up. And look, I don't smoke tobacco products either, but yep, yep. I think, I think it's, I just, I think, yeah, I think if people want to smoke, they're going to smoke. Then there's the whole science behind or the, the, the reason that, you know, it, it makes the lungs weaker. Yes. Listen to me, listen to me closely. People didn't start smoking at the beginning of lockdown. They've been smoking for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Some people, they are not exactly. suddenly compromised at the beginning of lockdown. Oh. That so makes you, absolutely no sense whatsoever. So you end up with a lot even, of crabby smokers and a lot of people who are having yeah. tobacco withdrawals or a lot of people who are spending unnecessary yeah, money to buy it on the black market, which is not something a, we want to, to even, promote either. Even, yeah, even the booze. You know, I was, I was talking to the pink elephant in my, um, in my kitchen last night and saying, you know, I've forgotten what the taste of beer is. You know, I've, I've forgotten what it tastes like. The pink elephant? Anyway, let, let us not, <laughs> <laughs> let us, let us, let us not, um, uh, sort of uh, delve into our own problems because there are problems in the USA, according to the Department of Homeland Security, Stuart. So this is something actually that I picked up in, in another report that I do for the church. Um, tell, tell us about it. I mean, this is this is this could be a, a big thing, you know. Hmm. Um, it it could be. So obviously, the relationship between the U.S. and China has been strained for a while, hmm. mostly because of mostly because of um, sort of trade practices and trade deficits and currency manipulation and so on and so forth. But the there was a report published um, last week by the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S. and what this report found. Was that the U.S. Gov- uh, sorry that the Chinese government had intentionally concealed the severity of the coronavirus? Okay, it's intentionally concealed it, and that, and they had simultaneously stockpiled imports mm. and decreased exports of medical supplies. Mm. And what that implies is that they were making sure, obviously, that their own citizens would be looked after based mm. on their projections of how bad this disease was actually going to get. Yeah. So they yeah. so you, if you consider how nefarious that seems to continue to import mm. but stop exporting so yeah. you can understand why the why, why the u.s are and and the secretary of state mike pompey um has come out very very strongly in in in, in support of that uh, report mm. and is saying some very very strong things mm. um, very, the chinese very strong yes things. very mm. very strong statements so the 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 ante's been upped considerably in, yeah. in the tensions and that that relationship was already eroding um, in, in as yeah. much as there was a trade deal, it was a very shaky trade deal. It was sort of phase one or phase two of the trade deal. Um, but this disease has really, yeah, it's uh, it, it's laid bare. It's laid bare a lot of anti-US, a lot of anti-China uh, sentiment that I think we all knew was there, but didn't really realize how deep yeah. it ran. Yeah, hmm. I don't think the, I don't think it helped that when when the virus broke, um, that they they cancelled all domestic flights 
out of Wuhan and, and so, you know, but they left the international flights open. And um, so, you know, that where there's smoke, there's fire, you know. That being said, um, a very interesting heading in your weekly Squawk, Stuart, um, under interesting stuff, we, we talk about the worst economy ever, which um, is not great news, um, but, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So, so just to put some little some context to that, that was a, a statement by the Federal Reserve Chairperson, uh, Chairman Jerome Powell, and he was previewing some, some of the economic data that, um, uh, that he got last week. And he was, it basically is, is, is laying bare how bad COVID-19 has been and how much havoc it's wreaked on the global economy. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people knew that there was damage, but now the depth and breadth of that damage is, is starting mm-hmm. to emerge. And I think the one key, the one key um, insight or the, yeah, the, the, that has yielded or, or the one key um, figure that has yielded a lot of insight is the U.S. Mm-hmm. job claims. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. So, yeah. So I think we're still to see the effect of, you know, small businesses closing and people reneging on payments and default rates and all those types of things. So I think the first quarter was bad. The second quarter could be considerably worse. Stuart, if I could I mean, uh, just jump in quick, guys. I'm sorry. I just want to ask a quick question. I don't know if this is something sure. that, uh, that, that you, you'd plan to cover or not. I'm just curious. We look at the prices of both Brent crude and sweet crude oil. Uh, in in the markets mm. now, and we see what's happening. Very strange things. I mean, obviously the um, the the price of petrol in South Africa is going down to twelve rand something uh, from I don't yeah. know when, but we heard that last week. And of course, in the states, it's different. You know, the the price of uh, oil uh, it, it it changes the price of petrol on a daily basis. Really, uh, what right. is what is what is the, uh, the the future of these markets, and how does this affect the economy, the dollar, and the rand as a whole? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that a loaded I, I, question, I, though? How does it affect the economy as a whole? That is a, that is a very, very broad question. Yeah. Just at 2269 this morning. Yeah, I mean, but let me, let me, yeah. okay, let me, let me throw it to you a different way, right? I mean, we know that it affects both. I mean, obviously, the currency prices affect the market. The market affects the currency price back and forth. What does this mean to us? I mean, we look at the price of petrol coming down and we say, wow, this is great, right? But is this really good news for us? So, so without getting into all the technicalities, yes, it is good news because mm. we, are, we are an importer of oil. We're mm. not an exporting country. We're an importer of oil. Right. And it's a big, it's a big um, it plays a big part in our inflation. So when you look at you look at headline inflation versus core inflation, you look at energy prices. It obviously plays a big factor. Mm. What what it does do is it does it does improve what they call our balance of payments um, because we are buying oil at a much cheaper price. Yeah. However, we're not we're not buying as much nearly as much because demand is so low. Yeah. So unfortunately, what the what the one hand giveth, the other hand taketh away. Taketh so away. For the, so for the likes of the the Saudis mm. and the Russians and some of the other OPEC countries, they're all. Sort of, there was this one-upmanship and brinkmanship, and then they flooded the market. Now they've come to an agreement to reduce um, reduce supply. I think by between twelve and between ten and twelve million barrels a day. That's yeah. going to come into effect. But is that really going to is that really going to to help? Because oil demand is down around thirty five percent, and a lot of people are saying it's going to stay down for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So the demand is not instantly going to pick up. I mean, as as let's say let's say the lockdown ended tomorrow for all countries, we're not all going to hop back on planes. Sure, um, exactly. We're not gonna, we're not all going to go and take cruises. We're not all going to hop back in our cars and go to work like we did every day before. Yeah. So the demand, I think, has has suffered has suffered a 
sort of a, a yeah a, a drop that is going to endure. I mm. think there is going to be a new normal, as they say, with the yeah. oil price. Mm. Um, I hate that phrase. So new yes, normal. Is there, yeah, <laughs> so do, so do I. It doesn't really mean anything. Right. Um, but but yes, yeah. yeah. Stuart, if we have a look, and I mean, you talk about unemployment figures. Um, in the United States, um, now going to start rising again. But I mean, if we look at an economy even like Germany, I mean, Germany has soared to a 13.2 percent unemployment yeah. rate at its April. I mean, the Dow Jones has dropped um, around 250 points. So, I mean, these these figures are really coming through. I mean, a stable economy like Germany, you know, where mm. it soars to 13.2 percent. This is not good news. Uh, no, so I think I think we need to. If we look at uh, if we look at markets, markets tend to be quite capricious. They tend to be quite um, they tend to be quite volatile. But when you have things hard economic data, uh, things like the uh, the unemployment rate in the US, the, the jobless claims, but now more specifically Germany, I think mm-hmm. that does bode that does bode very very ill for the outlook for the region. Because um, you do, you associate Germany with fiscal stability, with being sort of the, the you know, the, one of the major players inside the eurozone. Um, so when their economy is being hit like that, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for for the rest of the eurozone. Yeah. Tell tell us about um, Stuart. Um, we 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 have a, a great partnership with um, Anchor Capital, um, and you put that in your audience of the week um tell us they've got some innovation solutions uh, some innovative solutions Yes, so, so, so Anchor Capital is a, just for disclosure, <laughs> Anchor Capital is a, an asset management company operating in South Africa, although they do have operations globally. Um, we, as the A2 business, um, have a strategic partnership with them. And their team, um, who I've actually met personally, they're a fantastic bunch. I, th- their team was asked to come up with some innovative solutions um, that they believe could be, uh, you know, could be practical and could be implemented. They're, it's a long, long article, but I'll just give you a, a, a one suggestion was that – the every CEO in South Africa, um, every CEO would be asked to donate 10% of their time to small businesses in South Africa, to startups, to help them grow, to help them recruit, to help them, uh, you know, get those businesses up and running. So all your successful CEOs in the country all get together and say, right, we're wow. going to donate 10% of our time. Um, and it's going to be directed purely at the establishment of small businesses. Oh, See, big, PI big, big, yeah. It, it, and there, there are a lot, that's just one that I remember reading. There are quite a few, um, some are fairly sort of, are sort of common sense and maybe should have been done a long time ago but some of them are fairly innovative and, and unique so if you do get an opportunity to read that article i would i would stress that you do it's um, yeah. it's a fascinating read we'll post it later when 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 it's been uh, vetted the whole nine yards sure um Stuart, um one of my favorites always when i used to do the morning the breakfast show was your jargon of the week now we've got sally may and go away so yeah it's it's it's, 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 it's what it is it's uh, it's it's a term. It's it's quite a well-known financial adage, um, and it's based on the historical performance of some of the stocks in what they call the summery six-month period in the states between May and October, and then compared to the wintry six-month period from November to April. So, if an investor follows that strategy of selling in May and going away, they would essentially divest their equity holdings in May, or at least sort of later into the spring, and invest again in November. And the reason they do that is because they subscribe to the belief that as warm weather sets in, low volumes and a lack of market participants um, can make for a somewhat riskier or at minimum lackluster market period. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's almost like a strategy that they um, – I'm not sure if it's it – wouldn't. It, it's obviously very much a seasonal thing, so I'm not sure if it would apply in South Africa. But it's very much a U.S. <laughs> very much a US type of thing. Um, so, yeah. 
And then um, um, just in conclusion, Stuart, um, and uh, we can mm. spend a, a few minutes on this one. Um, you say uh, there is a tenuous tether of trust in um, um, an article that you've posted, and, and, and you have actually gone quite into it. Give us, give us a little inside scoop and just so that we can uh, be forced to read the full thing a little bit later mm. when we do publish. So I think, I think what it speaks to is how, how sort of suspicious and skeptical South Africans have become of their leaders, and with good reason. So the, the goodwill that, that, that Cyril has enjoyed, what, I, what I've tried to put across in my article is just how fragile that is. Mm. So yes, yes, we, yes, we are supporting you, and yes, we are, we're, we're behind you, and yes, we will follow your decisions. But please don't take any of that for granted. Yeah, we, are, we remain suspicious and we remain skeptical. Um, so it, it, just, it just speaks to the sort of tenuous tether of trust. So yes, we do trust you, but tr that can be broken in seconds. Um, and I think the decisions that, that have been taken by the, the committee and some of the ministers are, are very much sort of, sort of tearing away at that very tenuous trust. So he needs yeah. to be very, very careful. So I, I began the article um, with a quote out of the Daily Maverick. Um, some of the guys that I read quite regularly, it says, Speaking of the of the, the the new laws that came in, it said the, the pretext for this invasion of personal space has been has been the COVID nineteen pandemic, and many of the steps taken to limit social interaction are legitimate, but there are some others that are patently illegitimate, um, have no specific basis, and appear to be the enactment of fantasies about control, which have until now been suppressed by the democratic constitutional order. So I think a lot of ministers are straying out of their lanes, and they need to be put back and put back soon. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I can, I, I, I can. You cannot get an argument from me, by the way. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I agree with the fact that most clubs, pubs, etc., should be open. Um, yeah. But this this lockdown from eight o'clock, yeah, it's just it's just flexing muscle, mm. in my very humble opinion. Stuart, which, you which, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 I was going to say, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I do agree, but, un but unfortunately, that flexing of the muscles is going to have consequences. Yes. I mean, if I look at the people I talk to, the, the social compact that we have and the rule of law and order, let me tell you, let me, and let me maybe make a stark, um, let me make, make a stark, um, sort of assessment of the situation. I was looking mm -hmm. at aerial shots over the weekend of people queuing for food. Yeah. Those cues, th those cues are an observing of a social compact, of law and order, of mm -hmm. just a social fabric of people queuing in lines. Mm -hmm. You must be very careful because those cues won't last forever. Mm -hmm. the, the, just the patience of, of society in general. I, I yes. Is, yeah. And I'll tell you yeah. something else, guys. You know, I went out this morning, as I've been doing since last Friday, and uh, I, I, I take my dog for a walk because – I mean, normally we would take three or four walks a day and we go, you know, maybe a, a couple of kilometers every time. And now we're forced to have to take our walks between six and nine. First of all, it's cold. Second of all, the streets around here in this part of Randburg where I stay are, are packed. People are out with their dogs, they're jogging, they're biking, they're doing everything. How is that? I mean, we, we, you, you said this at the beginning of our segment, but how is that intelligence in any shape or form? I agree. It, it's idiotic. 
I, I agree. And it's just, it's, 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 it seems to be completely counterintuitive. Like yeah. we're not allowed to have events more than 50 people, mm. but what we're doing now is we're essentially creating an event on every road in the country Yeah, between six and nine. We're, we're creating an opportunity for people to cluster and gather. Um, and not everyone is wearing a mask. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are wearing masks. A lot of people are observing that, but not yeah. everyone does. And I still, um, and some people are still coughing and sneezing yes. and all those types of things. So yes, I just, it's it's yeah I, I, I'm baffled I, I, and I think this week is going to be interesting. I, I really hoping we'll get another address by the president this week um, on the progress and how things have done and, and our stats and our numbers, uh, which I see are rising at a worrying rate at the moment. I think uh, over the last two days we've had a worrying increase both in terms of um, in terms of infections and deaths. Seems um, mostly in the Western Russia, Cape. Just as yeah? a quick, I saw I saw the Western Cape was a problem. I saw yeah. Russia. Uh, there are certain hotspots that are still to emerge. I think Russia could be one of them. They had more than just over 10,000 cases on Saturday alone, yeah. mm, uh, just yeah. over 10,000 new infections. So, Crazy. yeah, Crazy. I think people are talking about reopening the economy, redoing this, redoing that. And I, I fully understand that a crippling, a cripp, you know, a crippling shutdown is obviously going to have wide and wide reaching effects but, and is going to put millions into poverty and so on and so yeah. forth. But I worry about the balancing act that we have to that. And, and I don't I don't I don't. Um, you know, I don't ad- admire, or at least, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for governments to do that balancing act because mm. they've got to balance opening up the economy with the projection of a loss of life. Mm. Um, and where is the where is the midpoint? Yeah, there isn't where, one. Where the is midpoint yeah. is changing all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I think it's I think it's going to be very difficult. And mm. yeah, let's see how we go. But I think we all need to do our part. Let's wear our masks. Let's social distance. Mm. Also, I think the, um, the increase in testing part, yeah. is, is going to make the numbers climb as well because there's a lot of people walking around with infection that don't realize it, and, and, and they're doing a lot more testing uh, beginning last week. Yes. So we should keep that in mind as well. Uh, correct, yeah. And, and one feels that there's obviously there's an obvious correlation between the number of tests you can do and the number of infections that you pick up. Mm. But that makes uh, you wonder now why we weren't doing tests all along. Sure. I, 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 look, I think there are quite a few moving parts there. I think yeah. there were wow. issues with procurement. I think there were issues with you know getting them from overseas. Yeah, essentially procurement. Yeah. Um, but maybe mm. just to end on a maybe just to end on a, a slightly a slightly jocular note. Please, yes. please do. <laughs> my my <laughs> quote. Exactly. Let's let's try and end with a smile. My my quote for the week. Um, so on Tuesday on Tuesday last week, uh, Donald Trump told a reporter in the U.S. Um, that America would soon be able to meet a Harvard researcher recommended benchmark of 5 million tests per day. That same day, Trump's person in charge of testing said that would never happen. And their quote was, there is absolutely no way on earth, on this planet or any other planet that we can do 20 million tests a day or even 5 million tests a day. That Harvard recommendation is an ivory tower and unreasonable benchmark. (laughs) So I find the discord fascinating i find it absolutely fascinating and the more and more it's happened the more commonplace it has become yeah. and we've just accepted that that's our that's our reality with with what comes out of the white house it is it is unbelievable but it's, but it's happening right here in south africa i mean we've got ministers saying one thing president saying another thing we don't know from day to day it is it's it, it's very comical if you watch it so yeah, uh, yeah. comical and concerning comical and concerning <laughs> concerning well, as well yes I, I hope I hope the listeners um, uh, remembered us chatting last week, Stuart. In that, you know, um, this is this is any investment, you know, is 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 not a short term game. Um, mm. You know, we, we we're not in this 
um, for um, speculating. We're not speculators, we're investors. There is a difference. We've got to stick to our guns, stick to our, our horizons in terms of our investment mandates and ride this as, as, as we chatted about on Tuesday. Correct. Correct. Thank you so yeah, much for your time. Yeah, no problem. Stuart, Stuart thank you. for. We always appreciate hearing from you. It's always great. And, uh, you know, hopefully soon we'll get us all together in studio once or now and again. I'll buy That'll you guys. That'll be wonderful, yeah. I'll buy you guys yeah. some coffee. I look, for, I look forward to it. <laughs> all right. Stuart Dando and uh, Warren Wazzy. Thank you very much. You know, if you if you want to uh, chat to these gentlemen, you can you can have a meeting with them today. Uh, go to warrenherald.co.za. That's warrenherald, W-A-R-R-E-N-H-E-R-O-L-D-T.co.za. It's Atu Financial. And they're giving uh, – you You guys are – you give a free consult, right, and, and, uh, and, and, and talk about we what do. you can do. So Absolutely. Anything, you, that, any, anything the listeners want to ask me if they – Concerned about an investment, if they're worried that they've got enough life cover, that they've got too much life cover, yeah. that they can't get life cover, yeah. set up an appointment with me. It's there, and as soon as you set it up, it'll send me a reminder, it'll send me an invite, and we do a little Zoom meeting, and you get to see my face that's perfect for radio. <laughs> Do you do the Zoom meeting like uh, DJ Khaled did the other day, where the woman was uh, shaking her uh, her rump in his face? There, I don't think that, I don't know if that was planned or not, but it was quite interesting. No, no, and I've got one of those suits where I can sit in my underpants, and it, it yeah. looks like I've got a suit on. Oh, you know, good. Just don't stand up. Oh, good. All right, guys. It's uh, if you missed any part of this, or even if you didn't, and you want to listen to it again, maybe you want to stop it at some point and take notes. Uh, or share it with a friend or family member or even an enemy, uh, you can do that. We're going to podcast it. It'll be on all the platforms sometime later today. SoundCloud, MixCloud, iTunes. Uh, we're on TuneIn Radio with our podcasts and uh, and much more. So uh, thanks, guys. Once again, we'll, uh, we'll chat next week, eh? God bless you. God bless all the listeners. And, thanks, uh, everyone. And we'll chat next week.